1: We're here. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms.
3: And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch, or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, But that's bwhustle.com slash join.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It feels like it has been forever since the both of us has talked pro wrestling. Last time, if you guys remember, I was on the solo show, so I talked a lot about it. But we still don't know how the old man feels about Bobby Lashley winning the title and becoming the third black champ in WWE history. Uh, Man, so much has happened from then until now. We gotta get his take on AEW Revolution. I previewed it. We will both recap that today. NXT is moving along towards two nights of NXT TakeOver for Mania season. I'll explain why it's not a bad thing. I'm sure the old man will explain why I'm wrong. All of that rolled up in today's show, so it is going to be a fun one. But first, we have to talk about the wild shit that has gone on on social media. I feel like if you guys listened to our last episode, the Boxing MMA one, we left the Drake conversation specifically for this episode, so we're going to dive into that. And Drake, I I wanted to start this one out with, we haven't been outside in a year, but don't you miss All-Star Weekend? No. Why would what? I miss? What am I got to miss about that? All Star weekend in Vegas was the most fun any weekend has been in Vegas since what, the Tyson days? Dog, that. See, May- Mayweather you... weekend ain't got shit on those.
3: No, you got a different perspective. Like, NBA All Star weekend for me was the Little Brother Lupe Fiasco show. And covering, like, so many different events. I... That's the most exhausted Nah, I won't say the most exhausted I've ever been, been in my life, but that shit was... He- like, trying to... Trying to be a promoter for a show with Lupe Fiasco and Little Brother and during All-Star Weekend and also the Magic Convention, if anybody remembers how hot the Magic Convention once was, those were the same weekend. That's, that's good planning. dog. that was... I mean, we sold out, right? Like, we sold the hell out but man that was chaotic I and I'm too old for that shit now I don't want to do all that like I went to a Playboy <laughs> Mansion party I did a whole bunch of stuff for All Star Weekend I went to Diddy's party Like I was editor in chief at Hip Hop DX at the time so I did a lot I don't want to do that again I don't miss it nope I'm good listen they it looked like according to social media that this shit was in full swing in Atlanta oh they they don't care They don't care at all. (laughs) They're going to be with Florida soon in terms of, like, just saw them off and let them float away. Like, (laughs) Atlanta, like, they don't don't care at all. I don't even know. If you're Adam Silver and you say, yo, we're going to have the NBA All-Star Weekend in Atlanta and you can't party. Are you foolish? Do you think anybody's going to listen to you? Nah.
1: I mean, it's crazy that only two All-Stars couldn't compete. And that was only because the barber tested positive.
3: Right. So. Got a fresh uh, fade in COVID.
1: Yeah, so I mean, the the problem isn't getting COVID tested and being able to play on the court for All Star Weekend. It is what do they do the night before, the night after? How long does it take for the COVID test to pop? And can they continue playing after that? And the hell with the players, people flocked to Atlanta for All Star Weekend. Like the shit was normal. And all of those people have to go home. There were concerts in in crowded ass Atlanta clubs. Atlanta clubs are hot anyway. There's no ventilation in that shit. There was a party. It's two people on stage. I don't know any of these young whippersnappers' names. So let's just say like one was little little baby. I don't fucking know. But two people were on stage with mics in their hands. And the entire crowd, there was probably three women and a sea of dudes and one mask. I was just dumbfounded. I'm not catching the Rona for a room full of dudes. Like, if you're single and you're traveling for All-Star Weekend as a man, you're trying to show your money and your belt buckle, you're going to catch the Rona for a room full of dudes?
3: (laughs) Yo, listen, man, like I said, I've. I've gotten all the events and big parties out of my system, right? Like I could care less, but looking at that, it's like, yo, there's a pandemic and there are just too many people and it's Atlanta. I listen, man. Nah, I feel
1: feel like you may have told like an uh, inch of the story before on the pod, but one day we will get the full story of when you went to, I think it was Florida for the source awards.
3: No, you t- you're talking about Texas for the ozone awards. <laughs> ozone awards. That's Ooh, what it is. By the way, God. Texas is a fucking mess right now too. But yeah. Texas for the ozone
1: awards. We're gonna get that full story one day. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like that was All Star Weekend, and then outside of the normal pictures and everything, income. And I feel like this is just cyclical because if people have been following us from the start, which is almost six years now, it was the weekend of our second show we did our live shows from Pacquiao Mayweather so that's 2015 about to be 6 years and we had Jamila on known at the time as GoFundMe girl yeah <laughs> who raised who raised money to go to Vegas for the fight not to go to the fight necessarily to just be in Vegas for the fight and she came on our show, and she was our guest, and is actually funny. And uh, so that was a cool episode. I think it was episode two or three uh, in our show's history. And then I look on Twitter, and I was like, yo, it happened again. There was a girl asking for money on GoFundMe, not to go to All-Star Weekend, which would have been the smart plan. She got stuck there because she went to Atlanta with only
3: $400 to her name and couldn't figure out how to get back home. That, man... This is so ridiculous. Like, all right, so when Jamila did it, like, she just asked people. It's so crazy, because GoFundMe is one of those things. Like, it doesn't need to be a real cause. It's just, like, if you want to be a bunch of sugar daddies and pay for me to go somewhere, you can do it. And they did it. And I'm just, like, that's bold of you. And then that's really ridiculous of them to pay for you to have fun in Vegas. But, look, more power to you. She had a blast. And look at
1: Like, we were chilling, we were drinking. She Um, had
3: a blast. Yeah, like...
1: Her, what, she was there, and then randomly, like, a couple, the night of the fight, I ended up going and getting a table at, I don't know, whatever fucking club that is in the Cosmo. And her and her crew of girls were getting in there. I was like, yo, you raised a lot of money for the GoFundMe. Because that's not like a weekend. Usually women are free everywhere, right? Like, you usually get comp to come in. Not on Floyd Manny night. Everybody was paying. So I was like, oh,
3: yeah, you raised a nice amount of money to have fun this weekend. Yeah, she and you know, that week was so crazy, and we've talked about it before, but like we had our show, like Gail Bean, who plays Wanda in Snowfall, was on our show, who's a good friend of mine, and she was there, and it was just like, there was just so many people in Vegas that week, and everybody was just there hanging out, but it's Vegas, right? Like, it's very consolidated when you want to party in Vegas, it's the Strip. You don't get off the strip to party Even though there's things that exist outside of the strip You don't really have to travel far Atlanta on the other hand Everything's not centralized Clubs are all over the place Yeah. So whoever this girl was That decided I got $400 in my name To go to Atlanta And then cause look You do a GoFundMe to get home But the problem is like the difference between Jamila and this girl Jamila you know if she didn't get the money She just wasn't going to be going This girl went Had no idea how she was going to get home. And then, you know, who knows how long it took her to raise money. Then you still have to buy a flight to go home.
1: That's the flight's the easy part. Like if we're keeping it a buck, like Spirit flights to Atlanta are like $80.
2: Anywhere in the U.S. She
1: could have got home. I don't know. At what point when you only have $400 and no return flight, do you say, I think I've reached my budget. Uh, like two, 220, 240. okay where, where was she staying? That's, I don't know, banging, <laughs> banging for roof. I don't, like, there's, I've seen some wild shit. Again, All Star weekend in Vegas. People just came out here. When I tell you, I was going, I got All Star game tickets and got them. Got them from Puff, shout out to Puff. And they were like second row. And I went and I gave them to my grandma because she like loved Shaq and it was right behind the West Coast bench. So I gave them to my grandma. My grandma went with a friend, I had two tickets. And I was like 17 at the time. So I was like, here grandma, you can go. I was like, fuck it, don't worry about it. And uh, I gave them to her and I was going to her hotel room. She was staying in the Venetian. And what going up the elevator, one, this is the time I talked about before. I saw T.I. wilding out in the elevator and just talking reckless. And I was like, yo, this is a fucking wild night. And he hopped out. He hopped down on the third floor, got off at like the 12th. So I'm going up to the 18th floor. I get out. I'm going to my grandma's room. And, you know, sometimes it's Vegas. You know, weed wasn't legal, blah, blah, blah. But people were smoking out rooms or whatever. So they'd leave their door open. And like the the balcony door, the room window door to try to get circulation throughout the room to clear out some of the weed smoke so people are smoking out in a room and i looked in a room no lie there was nine women in one room sharing one room yeah so it's possible like if you want to go to all-star weekend it you could be part of
3: like eight women to a room but here but here's the thing right like she's got to raise the money you have to check out of that room so where are you going? Not like, fam. You throw that on
1: a, on a on your bank card, and you just cancel that shit on day three
3: or four. You think she was thinking about that?
1: You, you report the card lost. Like, there's hood tricks out here. Like, there's 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 ways around the game. Be like, yo, here. I'm putting it on this card. You just call that shit in canceled, and the front desk just puts a hold, so they can't charge the full until you bounce. Like there's ways to keep your 400. And book a flight. And the, she asked for $1200 on GoFundMe. The last I looked, in 1 day she got $900. That's nuts. A grown ass woman, maybe she was like 21, 22. She grown ass woman to take her ass home. Where's her parents? I don't I don't know. Grandparents and auntie. Somebody got enough, somebody got
3: $80 to get your ass home. Dude, I don't get dog. I don't get it. Like again, I did Vegas for All Star Weekend. I also did Houston for All Star Weekend when I shot the Paul George documentary, and I followed Paul George around for a week. Boy, when I that was fun. <laughs> that 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 was different because we're actually with an NBA All Star, and we got to party with him. Everywhere he went, we went. He got a table. We got a table. <laughs> it was and it's we we filmed it like and it ended, he ended up using the documentary that I produced to get his uh, his endorsement deals and uh, which was really cool and I haven't really I haven't talked to Paul since like I think the last time I actually talked to him was when he broke his leg out here I haven't talked to him since because now he's just super rich and he's too big for me right but I just remember because that was the first time I'd been in a different city for something like All Star Weekend and I, and I got to see what it was like so I'm, this is why I'm comparing it to Atlanta so, you know, NBA all the like the players have their own hotel. So we were at the hotel. And we would go like Paul was like tricking off and his crew they were just wilding out that weekend. And so we would go to other hotels and like you said, there would be rooms where we were like, Yo, how did they fit all these women in one room? Dudes too. Dudes too. listen, it ain't just women. <laughs> i saw like a room with two twins right and it had to be like six dudes in that room
1: yo we now, ain't going and head, head to feet we ain't going head to feet during all-star weekend we just we, can't do it bro. if i can't get my own bed or the couch we bro. ain't doing it i would rather sleep on the floor with a pillow than go head to feet all-star weekend dog i ain't doing none of that I, that's just me and my you pride. bougie though
3: yeah you just you've <laughs> that, always been bougie i don't even think you share a bed hell no I, absolutely <laughs> not if I gotta share I ain't going but the point is is like it, everybody knows it costs money and you know you get your crew together and you you get you know you pay in advance and you get your room or whatever you are gonna do to party and have a good time cause you figure I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time in my room be on, the, on these streets she went with no way home I don't what that's just a whole like where do you go? And I'm, I'm sure, you know, if she really wanted to, she found some dude to lay up with. Or, you know, maybe she had a homegirl out there. I don't know. But I would just, me, I would never go to a foreign place with no way home. I just can't do it. It ain't that serious. It'll never be at, that serious. At all. Like, I've gone
1: places on, on a very strict budget. I went to South by, and I probably had 120 Dang. for the whole week. Yeah, so it was, like, five days for South By, flew Spirit there and back, and, uh, I mean, this is 2014, like, I think I just stopped being at, like, my college radio station, might be 2013, and we were going and just covering this shit for, like, some offshoot website from New York, like, fuck it, but they gave us credentials, so we're, like, me and my best friend, like, yo, fuck it, let's go do it, and, yeah, I had 120 for the whole week, but... Before I went, prepaid the Airbnb and had a spirit flight there and back. Yeah. So if anything, I was just going to starve. Or there was plenty of places giving away free food, free drinks as promo. Shout out to the Comedy Central crib who always had free beer. Yeah. I was like, fuck it. Like, we ain't going to starve. Like, 125 days? I can eat dollar menu stuff for five days. The only thing I regret is that I spent $8 out of burger.
3: Yeah you shouldn't have done that No it's like 10% of my budget And it was a fucking waste of time On trash Look here they come <laughs> Here they come As soon as I said it this, I know a bunch of people right now Their they, Twitter fingers are screaming They're like Yo Whataburger Yo trash waste, Wasted my damn money on that $120 I wasted $8 And it could have been another
1: Uber somewhere But uh, yeah that, So that was It was A crazy tight budget But I made it the weirdest thing is people donated to her. Yeah, You were worried about people donating to your cause, which is great, and to put together a really, <laughs> ma- a really well-made show that is needed in this climate to teach children about history. You were worried about that shit. They just gave her a stack because she was dumb. It's not like she was like, yo, I'm poor. Someone robbed me for the $400. I gotta get home. She went with $400. And spent it. And now has nowhere home. And people are like fuck alright man. People, They're like oh people make mistakes here. It goes
3: $50. That ain't a mistake.
1: No it's stupidity. So that shit was wild. Uh, that was all over the timeline. And then. The other thing on timeline. That we haven't talked about in a previous episode. Was Drake dropped the EP random. Which should have been expected. It's all Star Weekend. Can you really have All-Star Weekend and Drake not do something?
3: Can you really have anything without Drake? I guess that's that's the real question. That's very true. Three
1: songs. One was already out prior to that and then a joint with Lil Baby and a joint with Rick Ross. And when it dropped, it took me like till Sunday to listen to it. I wasn't overly thirsty like most people to listen to the EP. But by the time I got to it, uh, shout out to Ariel Hawani, who was like, Oh, Lemon Pepper Freestyle is like the greatest shit ever. And I was like, What? One, I didn't know Ariel was a fan of rap in general, but of course he's a fan of Drake, you know, Canada Connection. Exactly. But he wasn't even the only one. People were treating this, one, like he dropped a full album, and two, like it was the hottest shit Drake has ever dropped. And it's good. What's Next is a dope opening song. Lemon Pepper Freestyle is cool. It's classic Ross and him. Like they, they do what they do. All their songs kind of sound the same. It's a good formula for them. But I, I, I listened to it. I listened to it again. I listened to it again after that. Because there's only three songs. i like got plenty of time. And it was okay. It makes me want the album. Which is weird because he's got a, a heart cut into his fade now. So I'm thinking the album might be on some whole other shit. It was called Lover Boy or something stupid. But I'm interested for the album. But this, I didn't think it was like that incredible.
3: Um. Okay. First, it's not an EP. It's just a collection of songs, right? Because we don't know what an EP. is. We don't know what anything is anymore. What's an album? A playlist? It's the same fucking thing. But uh, <laughs> I I thought Lemon Pepper uh, Chicken Freestyle was really dope, and I I like Drake, and I thought. I don't think it's, like, the greatest thing he's ever done. But for Drake, this is, like, this is of course. These are, this is the equivalent. He could have called this, like, Midnight in San Francisco. It's along the same lines of those similar songs that he's done where he just kind of goes off. No hook, just yeah. really goes off. And Ross, all he really did was set the table for him. He gave a quick 16, and Drake gave you, like, a 58. <laughs> like Drake, yeah,
1: six Drake minutes
3: straight. And and you know what? And again, I've, I say this all the time, like Drake could rap. Like him talking about the Secret Service not being so secret and talking about, you know, going to pick up his, his kid at school and you know the the parents, you, you know, whoever the other's daddies, it don't matter what they do, they just want to know if he knows Nikki and Jay. Like it felt like for once Drake might be growing up because he's a dad now. And we're getting to see a little bit more, you know, might be peeling a little layer off of Drake now, which I'm very curious about how this will play into his album. Because now that you're openly talking about your kid, you got a different level of responsibilities now. So I'm very curious what he does with this. But I, I I liked it. I think little baby went off. I thought overall it was a good collection of songs. And if you really think about it, like 2021 thus far has not been very much in terms of music, in in terms of rap, like nothing's really dropped. Like what's what's the best album in twenty twenty one thus far? Exactly. No, I can't. I'm still playing music from twenty twenty. Me too.
1: So I d- I don't know what dropped. To be honest, no one's really dropped yet. It's lightweight. So yeah, it, it's been it's been a very
3: quiet first two months. Yeah, so it's a good time for Drake to drop some music. It's a good time to get people talking, get people hyped about the album. Look, if there's one thing that Drake does better than just about everybody else is to. Just be visible enough. He disappears. He gives you just enough to remind you, like, yeah, I'm still here, motherfuckers. And then he go, he'll he talk about it for three months, and then he's back again. And then him and Rick Ross, they're a great tag team. It's like the Hart Foundation, which makes <laughs> Rick Ross the anvil. And Drake is Bret Hart. But regardless, it all works. I enjoyed it. Um, Drake makes good music that I enjoy. And then plus, on top of that, I, you know sample and when you sample shit that i like that a lot of people haven't heard of hopefully people went and looked for quadrant because quadrant makes really dope music and we'll go from there but i dug it people go crazy over drake that's just what they do
1: yeah i'm not overly i'm not a huge fan of little baby so i didn't like that verse that much like it just wasn't for me like whatever um i thought drake was dope on that track and
3: then you mentioned drake and ross have they ever had a bad song no, they haven't those two have never had a bad song. It's remarkable how well they work together. Crazy.
1: So I was thinking, like, damn, another one, and it had me thinking, what are some of the best duos in hip hop history? Not real tag teams. You compare them to the Heart Foundation. No, they're not really a group. like Outcast is like a heart foundation, right? like they're always together. This is more like the Rock and Sock connection, okay. like just two random people that are solo. People and then they come together to make a dope tag team. So, what what, what other tandems are there in hip hop that you look at and be like, easily,
3: always fire? They don't miss. I mean, there's not enough of it, but Nas and AZ. True.
1: True. I mean,
3: Life's a Bitch, of course. Phone Tap, some of the stuff on the Firm album. It's a recent joint. Mo Money, Mo Murder off of AZ's Door Die album. And it's, whatever it is. Nas just elevates Az's game. Az's always been dope, but when he gets with Nas, it's like, all right, brother, we got to go in. Yep. I would always like to hear an album from those two, but we're never gonna get it. Um, I don't know if you qualify Meth Man and Red Man as a tag because they actually dropped an album together.
1: Yes, but they qualify on this because okay. they're they're two solo acts. Meth is more Wu Tang that he is Meth and Red.
3: True. True. Okay, that's fair. So they yeah they those two it's just a, definitely a chemistry there uh, Royce and M, yep uh, that meets evil uh, that's like an of course um, most definitely quality uh, okay yeah this is not really a group they're dropping out nah,
1: uh, yeah yeah that's
3: that's fair um, and I gotta think now so you you rattle off you because I know you've been thinking about this you just put me on the spot again.
1: Yeah, so actually, I haven't like given this over amount of thought, but one that sticks out, which is a recent comparison to me, is ASAP Rocky Schoolboy Q. He, yeah, every every single time.
3: Yeah, hands on the wheel was a banger.
1: Crazy. Um, ASAP. Every album he had that they had the um, the Ferg remix. Yeah, which was crazy. They both murdered that. They had uh, one train where they were both on the track. Like they, they don't miss.
3: What about Beans and Jay? Beans,
1: uh, that's tough. I mean, Jay doesn't miss. Like so, wait. Like Jay, feature Jay does not get the respect he
3: deserves. No, but I'm saying when he's with Beans, there has been there are two songs. Soon you understand, and this can't be life. Are two songs where you can argue that Beans might have got Jay. That's tough. Yeah,
1: I mean Beans did his thing. Face definitely got Jay on that. Um, yeah, Beans and Jay. I mean, I'll give you Beans and Jay more than Kanye
3: and Jay. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Kanye and which and
1: Jay, Kanye and Jay is great, but it's
3: whatever. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we don't we don't fuck with Kanye around here no more, but. <laughs> It's, we're not going to act like his body of work prior to that sucked. And Watch the Throne was a good album. But, you know, really, Jay carried that. And Kanye, yeah, all right, cool. But I, I like when the the other half of the song steps their game up. I don't feel yeah. like Kanye really stepped his game up to Jay's level. I feel like Beans did that a lot alongside yeah. Jay. Like, he kind of had to. Like, you can't. Like, um, shit, uh, what we do. With Jay in, F- in Freeway. Oh, yeah. What we do is wrong. That I shit was crazy. Is that Just Blaze beat? Yes. Yeah, Just which, Blaze got so much fire. Which first, dark, I saw my man Rob Markman. And y'all, if y'all know Rob, he's head of artist relations at Genius. Me and Rob have been boys for a long time. And I just saw on Twitter this morning, and I, I was too busy to follow up on it. There was Just Blaze slander on Twitter the other day. Who, who did this? Who Who allows such a thing? Yeah, that,
1: that's that's, that's fucking ridiculous. Um, I, I'll give push and Kanye more than Jay and Kanye because I don't think push and Kanye missed. Jay and Kanye had too big a volume, they have misses.
3: Yeah, but Kanye didn't rap alongside push, and I was like, I, I remembered it. What <laughs> like, what Kanye verse you think about that you just like, I remember this Kanye verse alongside push? It was the single
1: from um, my dark twisted fantasy. Um, where Push absolutely crushes that
3: shit. Run away, but, yeah, but I'm... Um, It's Push. Cruel Summer. Yeah. I I don't don't remember Kanye's verse at all. Okay. (laughs) Push does the heavy lifting. He does, and that's why it makes it hard for me to call it a tandem. Like, like, like a good duo. Eh, no. Nah. And, And then,
1: again, the volume is what hurts, but any, any form of combination... Where you give me Q tip and Buster Rhymes on the track, like that shit never was whack.
3: Yeah, they didn't yeah, they didn't have enough. Uh, another duo enough? another duo who didn't have enough, and I'd love to hear more, is Chance Rapper and Vic Mensa. Those two worked incredibly well together. Okay. And Vic I don't know what the fuck happened to Vic, man. Vic Mensa uh, I don't know, man. I was a big Vic Mensa guy. Like Give me it. Chance and Gambino too.
1: They yeah. worked really well together. Um. Oh, Big and J. Big and J. Oh, Big and J. Yeah, Big and J. Doesn't miss like again. Like that's just an incredible duo. Um, again, they're not a tag team, but they're in the same stable, so this might not be like fair. But Pun and Joe, Joe stepped
3: up his level
1: so much when he was with Pun.
3: Joe, man, we could have a whole show about Fat Joe's weird trajectory in hip hop because he was whack and then he was dope. Then he went real super commercial and got kind of whack again. And then he like got. D- it's such a weird career that Joe has had. Cause like, dog, nobody was really checking for Joe in DITC. They just weren't. He no. was just kind of there. He was the big fat Puerto Rican dude. But yeah, when Pun came, it was like, oh, he's with Joe from DITC. But then it was like Pun was just menacing everything. Deep cover free song? Mm. But Joe holds his own on all that shit. Like, he Joe does his, really he does his stepped best. up.
1: He does, it's he does. it's hard, stay but you get ooh we. You get the highest level of Joe in yeah. those cases, so yeah, I, I give that intergender tag. I really like anything that Big Sean and uh, Janae Ago do together.
3: Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, the twenty eighty. I, I that show is dope. Like, yeah, they work well together. Like, I, I like that tandem for them. I ain't think it works. You're not a Big Sean guy.
3: We talked about I'm this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So he's I, all right. He's not yeah, bad. Yeah. I never said he's whack, but he's all right. You know who I want to have a one-two punch. And they're doing a podcast, and I'm like, y'all yeah, figure it out. Oh. Royce, Royce and Lupe. Just let's get a booth. Let's just it's get be to an album. It. <laughs> let's do it. And they know they're so dope on the mic. Yeah, they know it. They know, it. So, and that's so. why they have the podcast. And it's yeah. like I haven't bothered Royce in a while, but I think I might. Just to just be like, yo,
1: <laughs> like y'all know y'all just really you're fucking up the game, man. Y'all know what we want and yeah. y'all just teasing us with this podcast. Just give it to us. Yeah. So now nah, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty other random tag team meshes in hip hop. If you guys could think about it, hit us up on social media. Thank you guys for responding to last show as well and uh, talking to us about what movies you'd like to see remade. This topic, I feel like will even have even more responses because there has to be crazy tandems that get together that we're just forgetting. I feel like there's random Wu Tang members that just hop in and out and do dope shit out of Wu Tang. Be like, yo, they always knock with this person. I mean, yeah, Ray and Ghost, duh. Yeah, but they thats that's the young bucks inside of the elite. The elite, yeah. Like it's they're in Wu Tang, but they are the tag team of that.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's, they are synonymous. More so than like meth and red. Meth and red in this analogy are the golden lovers. Meth is Kenny Omega and then red is Kota Ibushi. Like they're, they're close. But they're inside Bullet Club. Like they're he's not part of Bullet Club. So okay. yeah. It would be dope to hear what other people think about this. We're going to hit a quick break. When we come back. Speaking of former Bullet Club members. We're going to talk about AEW. Kenny Omega. And the finish to his match. With John Moxley. You
3: guys stay tuned. When we come back. It's going to be an explosive segment Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
2: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.
3: Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Show
1: All right, everybody, we are back from break as promised. And it is me with the old man, Andreas. We are talking AEW Wrestling. Dre, it was a decent show, in my opinion. I previewed it last week. I'm interested to see what you think of the show. Of course, everyone wants us to talk about the explosion at the end. That will have to wait um, instead now we're going to start off
3: as always, what is your overall grade for the show right now until we talk through B minus, um, too goddamn long, really good main event. Some okay stuff in between. Wasn't terrible. Need some time shaved off. Wasn't great. It was fine. You know what? That's the least enthused you've been about a W show in a long time. I mean, we're talking about a few days later, obviously, but it's it like the I thought the main event was great. I thought until the the explosion, I thought they were telling a fantastic story. I thought the match was brutal and made me wince a lot, which I enjoy. Um, and it's just the ending stunk. And then there was just a few other matches. I was like, why are these here? So it was it was it was fine. It was it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. Shit, they can have a bad show. I don't care. Yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: you're more realistic than most AEW fans, I would say, because even then, I there was a lot of excuses for the show. A lot of people saying they loved it. It was an amazing show. Like, it wasn't that. But we can go down the card. Um, we had uh, the debut of Maki Hito on the pre-show. Britt Baker's partner, uh, Ryu versus Thunder Rosa they defeated them. I mean, she's just so fun as a character. It's, I think it's she's gonna bring a lot to the division and she was great on AEW Dynamite. I really like everything about her, singing the theme song, it, it all hits for me.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what this women's division needs because it's weak and you get a character like Maki Ito in there who comes in and sings her song and then there's a full ass brawl happening in the wing, ring on Dynamite and she's like, fuck that, I'm gonna finish my song. Before I get back to scrapping, that's what you need. Like you need character development. As much as Sheeta had a great match, which we'll talk about at Revolution, I don't know anything about her. And I still don't care. Maki Ito has been here for a cup of coffee, and I'm already more interested in her as a character than Sheeta. So that's what you need. That this division, the women's division AEW needs a lot.
1: Yeah, new faces always help. We'll see what they do with her, what she develops into, but. As long as there's new faces, it's a okay in my book. Um, Then the first match of the night, the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho and MJF. It didn't, it was okay as an opener. It never hit a second gear. And it didn't really make me buy into the story of they just beat the hell out of Papa Buck, you want revenge. It seemed like a normal tag match.
3: This was the Young Bucks and MJF versus Chris Jericho. And the reason why I say that is because Chris Jericho was laboring through this match. Like he was struggling to keep up. (laughs) And MJF did his best, and the Bucks kind of had to tone it down for Jericho. Let's just be honest. Uh, And yeah, it didn't give us that, like, yo, you just beat up my dad type of feel to it. And it was a good curtain jerker. You know, it's a good opener. Wasn't a great opener. But it was definitely not the Young Bucks level. And funny thing is, and then you go, I think, was it Matt Jackson versus Phoenix on Dynamite this week? It was yeah. fucking fantastic. And it just kind of tells you, like, the Young Bucks are still one of the, the best tag teams in pro wrestling, period. But this pairing just, it, the chemistry just wasn't there. And clearly, when we get Phoenix and Pac versus the Young Bucks, That's going to be a banger. Unfortunately, it'll be on Dynamite and it won't be at a show like this, which is what shows like this are supposed to have those banging ass matches. This wasn't it. No, I agree. Uh, Spoiler
1: alert for everyone listening. The casino tag team Royale, which is the next match, was won by Ray Phoenix. So, um, yeah, but it's all about the dance partners for the Young Bucks. And I understand the story they were trying to tell, you want to do the breakup of the inner circle proper justice. To me, this didn't add anything to that storyline. It just, it didn't. So we ended up seeing on Dynamite after that, that the inner circle still seems to be together. And then now they're pivoting and MJF is getting a different faction. And it looks like we're having like a five on five beef. Not the way I wanted
3: this to go. Free yeah. LAX. You know what? I don't mind it because I actually think we're going to free LAX through this. And here's how. LAX versus FTR is how we're going to free LAX. Babyface LAX versus heel FTR is going to be an incredible match. If they fuck this up, I'm going to be really mad. Like, that's that's the few. But, I look, I know the inner circle, the... Uh, Man, this is just Simon Guevara being back is great. I need them to put Chris Jericho on the shelf or just be the mouthpiece. I don't know. Jericho's just not getting it done. It seems like every week that passes, he gets a step slower. But find like we still, yes, we have to free LAX. And hopefully yeah. this will give them a real tag team run because MGF and Jericho wasn't it. And clearly FTR doesn't have much to do, but they I feel like FTR needs to prove themselves again. Because the Young Bucks match, while it was really good, we haven't really seen much from FTR since then in terms of great matches. They didn't do it with the Lucha Bros. It didn't happen. So can you do it with uh, uh, LAX? I think so. Both of them need this. They need this for you more than anybody else in those two factions.
1: No, I agree. And uh, Jericho is aging in MAGA years right now. It just, every time he comes out, he missed a line salt a couple weeks ago. It, people called him... Uh, wide chest jericho on twitter when they saw his new pictures a couple weeks ago it's just he's a shell of what even he was when he first became champ so yeah they need turning him baby face kind of makes sense people sing the song and all this stuff but it's time for another chris jericho rebrand
3: yeah i Uh, mean what i think what will happen as we see, because as we get closer to having more and more fans, and it kind of makes sense to turn Jericho babyface in that sense because of the song and MJF is the right heel, but I think this needs to end. There's only one way this should end is with MJF putting Jericho on the shelf. Cause you got to keep MJF hot, no matter what. No, I agree.
1: Um, touching on the casino tag Royale after this entirely too long. We get a breakup of the nightmare, Collective or whatever the hell the tag team is. No one asked for that shit. There was a million tag teams in this that are just jobbing every week on dark. It was way too much. And then all leading to the end. And it was a good final stretch by Ray Phoenix and Pac and Jungle Boy. And it was two minutes of the 27 minute long match. And people were like, man, that was really good. No, it was two good minutes to a really poor just poorly booked way too long tag team match. It didn't work.
3: Yeah, It was long. That that was the problem. It was long. Um, They could have shaved this by a good 10 minutes minimum. Uh, But again, the Jungle Boy Phoenix stuff, it was great. Uh, And a lot of people are going to try to forget. It's kind of like watching the Royal Rumble and be like, yeah, it was great. But it's like, no, the other 27 entrants were terrible until we got to the end. And I'm going to say this now. If Ray Phoenix doesn't find his way to the title by... I'm going to give it another year and a half because AEW, it doesn't look like they're going to be flipping titles back and forth. But he needs to get his hand on the title. This guy... And we've, you know, we've talked about it before, but when you watch him really work and the things that he does... I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say he's underrated. He's too fucking good to not have... Like, his match with Omega was unbelievable. He's too fucking good to not get a title shot a, a title opportunity, TNT or whoever the fuck he needs a, a belt wrapped around his waist. That motherfucker's good. No, I agree. His dive
1: to the outside,
3: where yo, know,
1: where he goes into the front row, is nuts. nuts. Yeah, uh, shout out to Justin Ivy, sending me clips of him doing it in like triple A and all. It's like he is crazy good, and he makes everything look effortless. He's, he's amazing. Like, so yeah, I want to see him go further. I think the match that you mentioned earlier, that was on dynamite between him and Matt, I believe really good match. That tag match coming up is going to be really good. So I like where they got in the end it took a long time to get there with a lot of angles that i didn't necessarily care
3: about dog, dog I, I don't know i got to figure out a saying that i don't need qt marshall on my screen like i just get him off of my screen bro like i don't want to see him what why why y'all got all this goddamn talent in qt marshall again for an angle that nobody cares about nobody not even not even dustin Rhodes cares about this angle and he's in it it's awful get at, get this shit out of here man it's free
1: lax lockdown. QT Marshall, get him off my screen, bro. Those are the two movements right now. Next match, uh, we have the champ Sheeta versus
3: uh, Mizunami. It was a good. It, this was a really good match. A lot of near falls, but again, I'm just not invested in Sheeta. Mm-hmm. This they got to figure out something. She just her title run is like she's had it for a while, but it's like she needs a. I don't know. Like, Britt Baker seems like she's stuck with Thunder Rose. And I'm not going to say stuck, because that's actually a good feud. Maybe it's going to be Maki Ito that gets the title off of Shida. I don't know. But this was a, it was a good match. Like I, in turn, If I was cold watching AEW, and I turned on this match, and there was, nobody told me a story or nothing, I'd be like, hey, man, that's a good match. And then I watched on Dynamite. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing with those two? Then I'm confused. And, that, and the running <laughs> at the end was kind of stupid. I didn't like it.
1: Oh, the running at the end was very stupid. Like, it, it was unnecessary. And the match was, yeah, okay. Sheda has no character. She's oh. a good wrestler. There's no gimmick. There's nothing that makes me want to get behind her or root for her or root against her. There's no story. And as champion, I need more. Oh, remember that
3: Abaddon feud? What happened to her? I haven't seen her since. I don't they, know. No, they need to get somebody in there to book the women's division, and it can't be Kenny Omega. It needs to be no. somebody else. Yeah, yeah, Kenny, Kenny's too busy right now. You need to
1: transfer that power to someone else. Um, then we have Miro and Kip Sabian versus the best friends. Quick match. It, there was a million tag matches. Um, It got me to where I needed it to get me to, which is Miro getting a glimpse of being just a crazy – heel badass just losing his shit and i like that that's what we want that's what made rusev great in the beginning and at the end they kind of lost in the wwe how to make him a dominant heel they did so good at doing that in the beginning and he has that he has that intensity um i don't know what the finisher is called now it was the accolade right like i don't know what it's called now but that shit always looks great the stop at the back the torque he gets on it looks amazing he is ripped i just need him to get the hell away from kip sabian and this feud this should have been the end of it somehow it's still going i
3: i don't know look miro looks amazing and when he wrestles he looks fantastic and the finish of him putting chucky t in that shit and just kind of bending him like a pretzel looked great Kip Sabian is awful. And the only reason why Kip Sabian is on TV is because of Penelope Ford. Let's just be honest. Because you got to get Penelope Ford on TV. So we got Kip Sabian. But the sooner we can get Miro away from this, and I'm just going to say it now, kill Darby Allen, we'll be good. Because that's where Miro needs to be. Obviously, can't be in the title picture because this is where Omega's in right now. There's no reason to have Miro and Omega do anything right now. But if you move Miro into another feud, a singles feud, Maybe like Lance Archer, and he goes over and give him a nice little run and it ends with him like massacring Darby Allen. I'm here for it because Darby Allen's here for the massacre, right? Like, that's what his job is to be the crash test dummy against a monster heel. He'll win a few, but not against Miro. That's where they need to pivot to get him away from Kip Sabian. Get Kip Sabian off of my television. I don't <laughs> need him on my screen, bro. Again, I agree. Um, then we have Hangman
1: Page beating big money Matt Hardy. It was refreshing to see Matt Hardy wrestle a normal match again. Not that he, you know, not that the broken gimmicks bad or any of that stuff isn't funny, but this allowed Matt to just be a wrestler again. And I enjoyed this match for a, for the good portion of the night. I thought this was the best match on the card. Hangman has been really good for the past couple of years. I was entertained by the match itself, the wrestling moves, Matt, I, I thought they both delivered. Thought the right man won. Um, the dark order coming out and celebrating with Hangman was funny. I, I liked everything about this match. The, front to back, this still might be my favorite match of the night. Nah, it's not my favorite match tonight.
3: Um, but yeah, no, this was much better than it had any reason to be. Like when I saw it booked, I was like, ah, Paige deserves better than this. But turns out it wasn't bad. And Paige winning and you know, buying a lawnmower and now him connecting with the dark order uh and you know what at first i was like i don't know about this dark order thing but i kind of like it and i really do like john silver i I can't help myself i see this little dude on the screen with all these muscles doing wild shit it's just him and Paige. just they look fun together all right i'm cool like you can't the dark order can't be healed brody's gone just can't do it um big money bad hardy sure whatever uh getting butchering a blade now and whatever whatever else they're going to do this match was fine for what it was it was not bad it was much better than it had any reason to be so i'm curious where they move page to now well, you know page and miro might not be bad no that's a good little feud not mad at that at all either
1: um page is just good I'm, I'm cool with him just being around he's he's a good hand he's he's not this gimmick isn't going to be boring he's no. found something. Yes. So keep Adam Page on my TV. Yes, absolutely. Then we have the face of the revolution ladder match for a future shot really just the next episode of dynamite at the AEW TNT championship. They hang a giant sonic ring <laughs> above <laughs> the ring. This shit looked like a crispy cream donut hanging above the ring they're like you gotta grasp the brass ring come on bro like i get it it's like kind of a ton in cheek to the wwe let it go this shit was stupid that that was stupid the match itself good people in the match ethan page makes his debut we'll see how they use him and scorpio sky wins like Okay, you know, we just see tons of black talent. We've been talking about it, getting good pushes. And then he gets his shot immediately at Darby. Scorpio loses. but turns heel, which I think is worse for Scorpio Scott because there's so many heels in the company right now. You just, Taz has an entire faction of them. I'm not sure Miro's going to be here. Like, I'm not sure he's better than any of those guys to justify him becoming a heel champion. I, I think it was done to try to help Scorpio and it hurt him more than help. Um,
3: Scorpio winning fine. Good decision. Uh, clearly the, the good thing, the other good thing that comes out of this is I Penta versus Cody Rose feud. All right. I'm here for this. Break his arm. So he can't carry his kid. I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, I'm not as against Scorpio being a heel. And the reason why is because he's going to show, I think he shows a lot more personality as a heel because he needs that character development. As a babyface, it's not really anywhere for him to go. And we're going to have this conversation another time, but with the WWE and everybody talking about, oh, everybody's got black champions and AEW doesn't. I need y'all to chill on this. And here's why. Y'all wasn't really checking for Scorpio Sky two, three years ago. Stop it. When you look at the AEW black talent, while they're good, they're not the WWE's black talent. The WWE has the best black talent on the planet, and they misuse a majority of them.
1: Impact giving
3: them a run for the money, but correct. Yeah, but I mean, even still, like imagine, like if you put Moose in WWE, he get lost when it comes to black talent, right? Rich Swan was in WWE. He was the cruiserweight champion for a a cup of coffee. And then he got lost in the shuffle. But WWE, there's no excuse. Like, people that are praising WWE for having a black champion with Bobby Lashley, which we'll get to shortly, and then trying to put pressure on AEW. It's like, dog, WWE's been here for years fucking over black talent. AEW just got here. And they have a bunch of talent, that black talent, that still kind of needs development. And when you talk about Scorpio Sky should be the champion, I don't know, man. I like Scorpio. But let's be honest, the characters need us to work. We talk about Will Hobbs. He's kind of green on the mic. He looks like a monster, but he just got here, guys. Chill out. He's not a champion yet. And it's not like AEW's playing hot potato with all these titles. There's only been three champions. Jericho, Omega, Moxley. You mean to tell me that there's another black talent should be the, the main champion? No. TNT champion. Brody, Cody, Darby. Who else are you going to put in here? Pac, Pac hasn't had it yet. Phoenix hasn't had it yet. Would you feel comfortable having Scorpio Sky as a champion over Phoenix or Pac? Nah. No. Penta. I mean, Miro just came in. There's a long line in front of him. Like, I don't I, – I, I get what y'all are saying when you're like, ah, oh, AEW doesn't have any black champions. You want to see it. But if AEW had a Ricochet, if AEW had a Bobby Lashley, if AEW had a Big E, if AEW had a Cedric, if AEW had a Shelton or an MVP, then I can see what you guys are saying. But Keith I can't. Lee. Don't forget yeah, Keith. Lee. I mean, we run down the list of guys in, in WWE. They have the pick of the litter when it comes to the best black talent on the planet. There is no excuse why Bobby Lashley just got the title now. AEW's got some work to do. And they're not tossing around the title like that. So chill out. Scorpio needs character development. He is a good wrestler. Is he a great wrestler? No. And he's been around the block. It's not like Scorpio's new to this. We, and again, when we booked Scorpio sky for the wrestle with stereotypes uh, live show, we didn't know that he was going to be the way that he was to be honest. I, when I looked at our, our lineup, I was like, man, I don't know what Scorpio's going to have to offer to this. And I remember I said this to you, Kel. I was like, I don't know what Scorpio's going to have to offer to. Well, we should still have him, though, because he's never really said anything. And then he shined at yep. that panel. And now people are like people that saw him are like, oh, he's got personality. But, yeah, it's got to translate to television. So maybe the heel persona will help, but I, I didn't expect him to beat Darby. Come on, man. Darby and Sting were just a team that just went over on Team Taz. I didn't expect Darby Allen to drop the TNT title on the following dynamite. I just didn't see that happening, so I'm fine with what happened. But I'll say all that to say that that goddamn sonic ring was ridiculous. It looked like Randy's donuts. It didn't look like Randy's donuts. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, they they got to leave
1: that shit wherever they got it. Like that got to be the last brass ring to hang above uh, a ladder. Them. Yeah, that shit was ridiculous. And then uh, you mentioned Darby Allen and Sting versus Team Taz. Um, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs shows up. Uh, the new little skinny guy showed up as well. Got forgot his name. Uh, Taz's son. Is that Taz's son? That's Taz's son. Oh, shit. Okay. So shout out to Taz's son. Uh, he showed up as well. He looks like my boy uh, Drip from Black Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up. I was like, yo, drip with the running. <laughs> so no, nah, yeah. So he showed up. It was cinematic. Thought it was a good way to protect sting. It was a fun cinematic match. It was shot really well. The lighting, the, the warehouse they got for it. Darby Allen doing crazy shit. He went through a, a mirror at one point. He jumped off and did an elbow off of like some high joint through the table it was shot really really well and sting wasn't gonna lose so i enjoyed it for what it was it wasn't too long 14 minutes i think like that's perfect i I thought this was well done for what it was
3: i'm not gonna say it was well done for what it was this was a well done match like this was from the the entries the entrances to sting pulling up with the the crew and the angles that they shot and the way the match, it was never boring. It was never a lull. It, you know, Darby got the shit beat out of him. Ricky Starks got beat up as well. Cage looked like a monster. Um, and Sting, you know, this is the perfect t- type of match for him. And this was just incredibly fun. Hob- it was funny. The funniest thing to me is Hobbs shows up, right? This giant black man, this orange pumpkin mask. And uh, Jr. is like, who's that? And Shivani's like, you know who it is. And I was like, exactly. Because who else is that? That damn it, it's Will Hobbs. But for, for, not for what it was, this was really enjoyable. This is what cinematic matches are supposed to be. The WWE has been real hit or miss, and more missed than hit with a lot of these cinematic matches. This felt proper. Like, everything about this felt right. And then the finish with Dar- Darby jumping off the second story, it's like, you can't fake that. He's just a fucking maniac. This was, this was really good. And this is what saved the pay-per-view for me. Because we all kind of knew that Moxie and Omega was going to be great right for, for that match but this match right here I was I ended it and I was like it was I thought it could be good but it was a lot better than I even anticipated I enjoyed it this there was nothing wrong with this match I agree I, I think it was a good co-main great choice for the
1: co-main um, it allowed them to get the ring set up obviously for the main event it was just really well done I enjoyed it more than I thought I would
3: yeah Yeah. Oh, before we get to the main event, we got to talk about the big reveal. Christian Cage.
1: Yes, Christian Cage. The big show. No, no more BS. Excuse me. No more BS. Paul White comes over from WWE. He teases that this big signee is coming over. Future Hall of Famer. People are going crazy. (laughs) Shout out to Big Mac, who is all in on the conspiracy theories with this shit. It's like, yo, it could be Punk like fam the expectations were so high um they built it up way too much tony khan built it up way too much kurt angle teasing earlier kind of even hurt it because i would have kind of popped for kurt angle like the return of perk angle would have been crazy Mm. christian cage I, would, I never followed Christian in TNA. Like, I, I don't care to go back and watch his matches. I'm sure he was decent. I'm glad he is back and able to wrestle. He, he doesn't do it for me as another signee. And the
3: roster is getting really bloated at the top now. So I'll say this. I watched Christian Cage in TNA, and he was really, really fucking good, which reminds you how much WWE misuses talent. He his run as Christian Cage in TNA the day that he showed up and he won the title and the move set like he was really good so to see him in this spot coming off of the appearance at the Royal Rumble the best thing that AEW could have done is not said shit and let this happen yep. the cage just came out with the countdown and it was like a modification of his TNA theme that they used if they would have just let that happen. The internet would have broke down for wrestling it, because everybody thought that we'd see Christian at WrestleMania this year. Even me interviewing Edge when I asked him, I was like, you and Christian going to be a tag team? He was like, I sure hope so. i love to wrestle the Usos and all this shit. And none of that shit happened. And this dude just shows up. Like, don't say anything. Wrestling is full of hyperbole. And it gets people hyped up, and there's nowhere to go but down. And then people started speculating, Brock Lesnar and CM Punk, you had no chance in winning those fans over. <laughs> and the people who hate AEW had a field day with this, because they're like, ah, it's just Christian. No, Christian's really good. I I, I really like the signing. I don't like how it was handled. I hated how it was handled. But seeing him, like, it still popped me. I was laying on my couch, like, and I, I looked, and I was like, oh, shit, it's Chris Cage. And I sat up, and I was like, that's dope. Because the WWE was never going to use him, right? He was just going to be Edge's, like, whipping boy. Like, Roman Reigns would just beat the shit out of him. Christian probably wouldn't have got a great match at WrestleMania, and he would have did what he did before in WWE. Nothing. So now he has a chance to do something to close his career. I'm happy for him. Just don't hype shit up like this ever again. You know wrestling fans. They went crazy. They were looking for CM Punk. Here, here's a, Imagine uh, it still would have got a huge pop. But the way they handled Moxley's arrival, Thanks, Kel, for brunch. (laughs) The way they handled Mox's arrival without teasing anything, it crushed the internet. Yeah. I'm not saying the cage would have done the same thing, but Christian just showing up randomly with a countdown clock, and boom, he's he's on the screen, and you're all thinking, like, dang, we would have popped for that. I don't need the big show telling me, I'll work everybody. Shut the fuck up. Like, just let it happen. Tony, I love Tony Khan. Tony Khan's a great guy. But come on, man, don't do this. Like, don't have people just, Brock Lesnar? It wasn't going to happen, but that's what wrestle fans do. People, yo, somebody said John Cena. What? (laughs) How
1: how big is that bank account? (laughs) The bank account is large, but
3: it's going to take quite a bit to get Cena away from WWE. Yeah, Um, so I'm I'm fine with the signing. I just didn't like how it was handled at all. And it seems like, and I'll I'll echo you on this, um, because I don't want to spend too much more time on this. Yes, they are bloated at the top, very. And if they're going straight to Christian versus Omega, I don't like it. Because we do this a lot with new talent, and he's going to lose. So why not put him in a different program? At least put him in a tag match. Do something to build towards if you're going to eventually go to Omega. Because he did the same thing with Brody and Moxley. Brody recovered because Brody's really fucking good, but you can't do this with everybody you sign. You just can't. Just chill out.
1: Yeah, that's kind of been their habit, right? Like just, oh, you show up. Here goes the title match. Yeah. And then, they, got,
3: they, got a lot, they got a lot of ground to cover with guys that have already been there that haven't had a title shot. Chill
1: yep. out. Exactly. And then main event, Kenny Omega uh versus John Moxley, 25 minutes. It actually flew by. Uh, it was interesting. It wasn't a super traditional death match. It wasn't GCW status but it was a great death match for television's sake. And I thought they used the props, The it, it started off slower and then they finally hit the barbed wire. Then you get a little bit of the explosions. Moxley bled very quick. And then Omega, it took a little while for him to start bleeding. It was, I thought it was a cool match, it picked up at the end. It really built up. Um, Moxley finding a way to not kick out of the one wing angel but not get beat by it was clever. Yes. Still protecting the move. And then of course, Omega winning and with the help of Gallows and I, you know, by shenanigans, this is just what Omega is. Um, so winning Gallows and Anderson comes out, whatever. Eddie Kingston comes out to protect Moxley. Try not to have him in the ring by himself while the explosion was about to happen. I get it. I think that the pairing of of Kingston and Moxley was really cool. I, I liked the turning events after their really, really heated feud. But then it's time for the countdown clock to go and hit zero. And instead of a huge explosion that looks crazy and everyone's, oh my God, are they okay? It was two loud noises and the Gilbert Pyro. Thank you for and Eddie Kingston selling this shit to the moon and no one telling him.
3: All right, so we'll start with the match. itself. So I've said it before. I enjoyed the hell out of this match because I didn't know where it was going. It made me cringe every time they got near the barbed wire because it hurts. You just can't avoid it. The shit just hurts. There's nothing you can do, right? Like you fall into a barbed wire, you're going to get cut. Or like there's a spot where Moxley gets a suplex into the table and the barbed wire like crowns him. And I'm like, how is he going to get out of this shit? And I'm cringing. I thought this match... Storytelling was good. Uh, Yes, the one-wing angel, like Moxley using his foot on the ropes to have the explosion get out of it was great. Everything about this match was great. I thought, like, WWE can't do it, so they did it, and it didn't look stupid and gimmicky. It looked like a really good match. Good Brothers coming in, I was like, all right, where are we going with this? And at first, so my initial thought was this match was going to go over 30 minutes and the explosion was going to happen during the match, and then we just go home from that point no the match ends before the 30 minutes and the countdowns leave moxley for dead and i was like oh that's actually that's actually a good idea and in my head i'm thinking this is how you get moxley off the television because he's about to go have a baby that's what i'm thinking they're gonna blow his ass up and he ain't coming back no kingston comes out now i'm sitting up on my couch again i'm like oh shit Eddie Kings is coming to save his boy. And Eddie Kings is so good at what he does is he's shoving people. He's like, that's my boy, that's my boy. And I'm like, yo, this is really good. And then he covers them and then it goes, like, boom. That's all we get. And I go, oh no. I was like, oh, they blew it. So here's my first question. Why didn't y'all TV test this before you fucking did it? First and foremost, like, you know, that you need to TV test this. Because there's a spot in this match where there was a suplex on the uh, on the barbed wire on the outside where only half of it popped the other half did it. And in my head, I was like, oh, they got an explosion problem that's bound to happen. Didn't think it was going to happen here, but that's what happened. Two, Eddie Kingston clearly doesn't know what's going on as he's covering Moxley. And the explosion goes off, which he can't see because he's covering Moxley. Mm-hmm. An official goes in to check on him. Why the fuck did this official not go, Eddie, audible, 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 something. Instead, Eddie plays for dead. And he's like, he just got shot with like a 12-gauge shotgun in the face. Like, he's dead. And I'm going, oh, no. Like, <laughs> audible could have fixed it. Somebody, I mean, obviously, a lot of things have to happen on the fly here. Because once that happened, you could also have done the whole, aha fooled you. Like, we did this to like, made you think something. Eddie can you like a fucking idiot because these explosions goes off and they could have done something. An audible needed to be called. Did they save it on dynamite is the question. Do you think they saved it the way they ha- handled Moxley and Kingston and then, and then uh, Omega in the ring and talking about how shitty the explosion was? Did they save it?
1: I can't say that they saved it. They did the best that they could. When you wait between Sunday and Wednesday, the damage is done.
3: The damage was done the minute the sparklers went off.
1: Yeah. So, like, everyone got these jokes off. So, no, you didn't save it. The jokes in the internet, people were flaming you. WWE talent was flaming you. You just had to sit there and eat these jokes. Yeah. You, You just had to take it on the chin. They tried to put together the Moxley joke at the end that, you know, only the crowd sees like, oh, Kenny Omega is a horrible engineer. And people like, see, he played it off. See why you guys are rushing to judgment. No, that shit was dumb. It's okay. (laughs) You got to hold this L. It was a botch. They botched it. That's it. And listen, you can hold the L for three days. Yeah, It came, but you have to move on. They were always going to move on. Isn't that something it's funny again. Big Mac thinking the sky is falling. It's like AEW is done. It's like no, AEW is not done off of this. Their fans are hardcore. First of all, like it, it would take some real crazy shit for their fans to be like, I'm not watching this anymore. Like Hulk Hogan would have to show up and win the title tomorrow. That still wouldn't get a lot of those people off that show. They they may excuse it. So. <laughs> Like, you look at that, it was like, no, it wasn't that huge. They did what they could. And again, it shows how good Eddie and Moxley are on the mic. They did very well in trying to explain it. You roll it into a storyline. People aren't going to forget about it, but you roll it into a storyline that makes sense and that you can further where you're going. And then that's that. Time will will make it better but nah you're gonna catch these jokes shit happens yeah take these jokes and then you get to wednesday and random music starts playing (laughs) for no damn reason over a segment and i'm just like what is going on here like you they between hyping up christian cage and that shit falling like a dud to the sparklers then the random music they just
3: had a bad streak of luck this week and it it kind of further solidifies the fact that this is a relatively new company like that's it like they blew the explosion they overhyped they're still green to this in some ways right like it's not like uh omega the bucks and tony kind of ran a wrestling company before they're fans and talent that are trying to build a wrestling company so they're going to be some mistakes along the way that's okay I'm fine with them making mistakes. But, yes, these jokes are going to happen because this was bad. This was really bad. Like, this explosion was bad. Kingston being a dead man in the ring was bad. I will say this, though. Watching Dynamite with Moxley and Kingston sitting on the couch. okay, I was like, this is a really good pairing now. Like, I I really like this. I don't know what they do with it. Like, that's what I'm curious about. Like, what, what you can't – you don't need another tag team. But – there's some things you can do here. Cause then, you know, maybe you doing a, the Omega and, you know, Gallows and Anderson versus Moxley Kingston. I don't know who can't be Lance Archer. Got to be somebody else. But those two just, they look right together. They Moxley and Kingston, after all that storytelling last year, they look right together. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I throw Christian Cage in there. No, I don't want
1: Christian Cage in there. Well, for his first match back, him, he had to stare down with Omega already Obviously, Gallows and Anderson are the reason Moxley lost. He got beef with them now, too, alongside Kenny Omega. It makes sense to have Kingston, Moxley as the tag team, kind of to offset Gallows and Anderson, while Moxley still got beef with Omega, and then Christian Cage to be in there because he has a new beef with Omega, and you protect Christian Cage and let him get his feet wet in this I mean- first match. I, I, I think that's a natural three-on-three
3: pairing. You, you're right. I mean, you're right in that sense, you know, natural three on three like that. It's just, he's not part of that crew. Like it feels like Moxley and Kingston are like, they're made for each other. They're made for each other to the point where, yeah, you guys are going to turn on each other again. And I can't wait, but I can wait. Like I'm totally fine with you guys having a nice little run as friends looking out for each other. Cause you're going to kill each other in matches. That's what you guys are just going to do. Um, so yeah, overall revolution was saved by two really good matches. One shitty ending and a bunch of fluff in between with the exception of the sheet of match, which I thought was good. It, it just, man, didn't need to be that fucking long. That's it. Just, just, Hey man, you got dynamite. You got dark. You got a lot of fucking things to do, but I don't need a 30 minute tag team battle world. Okay. Thanks. And QT Marshall, get him off my goddamn screen.
1: <laughs> Free LAX. Uh, yeah. now I give it like a C as a pay-per-view. We'll see what they do heading into double or nothing, which isn't in Vegas, which will be in Florida. So no double or nothing for us this year. Not that you were going out of your house anyway. So it's uh, we'll see how they build towards that. They have another television special because uh, St. Patrick's Day is on Wednesday. So they get to run that as a television special, which would be pretty cool. I will be in the house watching it, getting drunk off of regular beer because I don't know how to make green beer. But if I find a recipe, oh, it's on and pop it. Uh, We're going to take one more break now, come back, and we're just going to talk a little bit about NXT and the WWE main roster before we get out of here. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions,
3: and championship futures all day every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Don't forget to use code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: All right, we are back to close the show. It is NXT and WWE time. And we're going to start with NXT, weekly television. We had two major announcements. The first one Takeover mania is going to be two days. I'm I'm okay with this. I feel like it's on TV one day, Peacock the other. Takeovers are usually three hours, three and a half hours anyway. This now breaks it into two two two-hour segments. You're adding maybe one more match. Maybe two. The first day could be a nice table setter, and you can have the first day headlined by women, second day headlined by men. I like that. The first technical um main event by women i believe or did bailey bailey and sasha might have had the first takeover main event by women um in the iron woman match but it's nice to have it again i don't remember one since so you look at doing that i i think this is a good thing I'm, i'm not mad at it and it's on television so the first night isn't even like a true two hours it's like a buck 40.
3: so my complaint isn't TakeOver. My complaint is that WWF is ODing on programming for WrestleMania week. Like, that's oh, yeah. a, they got a, like, Hall of Fame. Like, this is a lot of 13 shit. 13
1: straight days if the rumors of NXT going to Tuesday are correct.
3: Yeah, like, this is nuts. But I, I don't mind TakeOver being two nights, but I really didn't mind it being one. Like, why, my question is, why are we doing two nights? Do we have to? We don't.
1: No, because it would have been a little awkward to do just a table setter on Wednesday and then come back the next night, which is Thursday, and have a takeover. You can no longer do it on Fridays because you have SmackDown. So with WrestleMania being two nights, it's like, fuck, if we want to have a takeover, it has to be Thursday. Oh, but our show is on Wednesday. So what are we going to do? Like My idea was to just run the promo packages for two hours, Yeah, setting the table for whatever happens on thursday instead they said no we're going to have matches which makes sense because the takeover or excuse me the nxt after takeover is really just the dark matches and feuds that could have been on takeover so i'm cool with it give me those feuds on wednesday though building to like the real real big joints on a normal takeover-esque program on thursday
3: yeah, I mean, look, takeovers don't miss, right? So uh, I'm cool with it. I, again, it's just it's a lot of fucking WWE programming. Plus, you still split. got... At least it's split, but then you got all the indie shows. God damn. Like, what? There's a, that's a lot of... They're trying to really eat up the competition because GCW is going to go all in. And for those of you... I was watching this while we recorded our last show. If you haven't watched GCW's Take Care... Do yourself a favor. If you just like brutal ass matches and you like the death match, go watch that shit. That shit was fucking stupid. And that means we're going to get a lot of that shit during Wrestlemania weekend. So I, it's going to be OD. Is there any fights happening that weekend? Because I ain't watching them. No, I don't think
1: so. Um, the weekend before just announced we have the UK card. Oh. So Frampton versus, or oh, it's in Dubai. So okay. Frampton yeah, versus Herring and then the weekend after is Jake Paul, Ben Askren. Uh,
3: all right. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see yeah, that take, for our other show.
1: Yeah, take um, over
3: being two nights cool.
1: Yep. The other one, new women's tag titles. Mm, this one I have a problem with. So Dakota Kai and Gonzalez get handed the titles because of how stuff went down last week when they should have. Won the main roster tag titles, but instead didn't happen. Mix up with refs. It turns out now they are gifted the brand new NXT women's tag titles. Their first title defense is against Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart. They lose those titles immediately. Ember Moon, Shotzi
3: win the titles, and I'm not mad at. It. I'm mad at it because this was way too complicated to get the t- titles on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Which A bit convoluted, but you know where we were going. But the problem is, all right, women, we have women's tag team titles. Now, how many titles do we have on NXT? Um, men's and women's tags, North American
1: title, men and women main titles, Cruiser,
3: Six. That's six fucking titles on one two-hour show. Something got to give. That's a lot of titles. Like, I had a problem when they introduced the North American title because I felt like it was unnecessary. And who's the North American champion right now? Gargano. No. Yeah, he is. I was like, wait. I was like, wait, is this a trick question? No, it wasn't a trick question. The reason I'm saying it is because you... They're going to try to defend all these titles at Takeover, right? And but it's really two gonna nights, be hard. To, two nights, but it's really going to be difficult to get real estate for all these titles on a two-hour show every week. Mm-hmm. And the women's tag titles, as much as like cool, they're focusing on the women. But yeah, but you already got like, are you really going to find enough time? Because it's not like, all right. So when all the women came out and they gave Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez the titles. I was looking at all the women and I was like, I don't know who half of you are, right? Not that that that's a bad thing, but I'm like, what tag teams are you going to form to compete for these titles? I personally like the idea of the women's tag team titles floating around. I actually, in my perfect world, there's only one WWE champion and he's on both shows defending this title. There's only one Intercontinental or US champion and you maybe call it the TV champion. There's only one tag team champion. They float around on both shows. I don't like each show having a, like six titles on one show. How many titles are there on Raw? Three. Three and three. Is it three and three?
1: Yeah. So you get, um, you have me thinking TV title, but it's U.S. title, main title, tag titles. Um, it's oh, it's, excuse four. me. And the... You're counting that, cool. Twenty, yes, yeah, I'm counting. It's the title. Sure, twenty-four-seven title and the women tag title. So five on Raw, SmackDown is just um Universal Women's Championship and tag. You know, Continental.
3: You know, Continental. Oh, awesome,
1: yeah, and I see. So we get four and six. It's, it's, there's sixteen titles on three Maybe shows. Seven. Four, four, seven, that's 11. There's 17 titles between three shows. I mean, the main roster got enough time. They still just don't do shit with it. Like technically they have enough time to service all these titles, but I'm with you to the point of, I I love the idea of a US title and an IC title being on their own brands. But one one men's championship, one women's championship, you can float between brands, tag team titles float as well. And then we just end up at
3: seven and we're done. It's just, it's too many titles. And then, like, the whole way that we got the titles on Shotzi and Ember, it makes me think they didn't know what the fuck they were doing when they got here, because Shotzi and Ember could have just won the damn Dusty Rose Classic, right? Couldn't they just have done that to get the titles on them? Yeah. When when was this decision made?
1: Last week? I feel like, Um, no, but I I think that when you have the storyline that they're trying to tell – which is very convoluted. So I'm not saying that they stuck the landing, but it's when do you create dissension or enough dissension between um, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai to then allow allow Raquel Gonzalez to go and chase the main title.
3: You could have done that anyway.
1: Could have done it in the tournament. And then I would have preferred, even if you were going to go this way of handing and gifting over the titles, don't do it with a heel tag team. Have Shotzi and ember moon win the tournament over raquel gonzalez or whatever causes the dissension there win the tournament face naya and shayna who are heels get cheated out of it people feel bad for them and then you give them the titles to atone I mean, for that as baby faces and then you're like yeah the baby faces got what they deserve great because they were cheated by those damn heels from the main roster that we hate anyway So yes, good job for the baby faces, and it would have made sense. Yeah,
3: I, I I just, I hated this. I hated how they got here. Like I was just, I'm watching it, and I'm going, dog, y'all just had a tournament, and then to give them the titles and have them lose them. Why didn't you just have a match for the titles? That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: We're just gonna run back to tournament finals to see who's gonna be champions.
3: It, yeah, I I, just, I didn't like this at all. And now I'm just wondering, well, how much emphasis is really going to be put on these women's tag team titles on a two-hour show weekly? I
1: think we're going to see more of the old NXT where it was your champion's not on TV every week. Um, the North American champion's not on... It's before the first run of Finn Balor, the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, the um, Neville, Pac, those days it was... Everyone was pretty much split. You see one person one week, they get one week off. You see that person again the week after. And takeovers were really spaced out. So you never felt like you were missing their storyline. And then the next week, you get a different half of people. But I think they
3: got to go back to that format and not the same people on
1: television every week.
3: I guess the last thing on this subject is... As much as, you know, um, it's cool to see the women get tag team titles on NXT, women getting tag team titles, period, because women's wrestling is getting so much better. My problem with this is I don't, like, Naomi and Lana are a tag team, and I don't get it, right? And then, you know, it's like Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. So how many slapdash-ass tag teams are about to throw together in NXT to compete for these titles? Because Shotzi and Ember aren't really a tag team. They just kind of did something. I I just don't understand how you didn't do the Dusty Classic with the end being for the women's tag team titles, if this is what you were going to do anyway. I yeah. just, just, none of this just made no any sense to me. I thought it was all stupid.
1: <laughs> I agree. Very convoluted. Um, then Io Shirai defends her title against Tony Storm, one up. And then later on, it's teased her and Raquel Gonzalez. And the clock begins on Io Shirai's title reign. This man,
3: look. Diesel's about to win the gold, baby. Look, I'm not mad at the match because it should have been, you know, they should have been setting this up the day that Raquel Gonzalez pinned Io Shirai at War Games, which was in November. Um, And I guess this is how you had to get there. It felt like somebody in the room was like, hey, remember that time Raquel Gonzalez? And then it was like, oh, yeah. So now we got another title defense. Cool. I want to see this match, but yeah, I don't want to see Io Shirai lose, but it seems like we're heading in that direction. Or does Io Shirai conquer the monster? I mean, I hope so. I, I, like, Io Shirai is that good, where I just like to watch her wrestle. And the match with Tony Storm wasn't bad. It felt weird because you brought Tony Storm all this way to kind of just get ran over real quick. And I don't know where she goes from here, but whatever. Um, sure. I just want Io Shirai to hold on top. I just can't picture Raquel Gonzalez with the title. It just don't feel right to me. She doesn't feel like a champion. It's like Diesel. <laughs> just, just Diesel holding up the belt was quite odd.
1: And they did they just and Sean kind
3: of, was there. Did they just kind of send Mercedes Martinez home? He was like, here, you got your title. So I take your ass home. Cause we haven't heard a peep since at all. I don't know what happened to her. Maybe she gets thrown in a tag team. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's her and Mia Yim and they do the, the cast offs
3: <laughs> from,
1: <laughs> yeah. From a uh, retribution cast offs. Oh, poor girl. Yeah. <laughs> Please save Mia Yim. Free Mia Yim. Um, And then we had Balor versus Cole. That's the other major thing in this episode. And we're setting up the takeover. I don't know. Maybe these two could be takeover main events, to be fair. We have Cole and uh, I was going to say Roddy came back, but it wasn't Roddy. It was Kyle. Um, Cole and Kyle. Kyle comes back looking like a greaser. Uh, with the G shout out to whoever said that on Twitter, Twitter, like G jacket with the sleeves cut did the whole Jada line. Like, Ooh, (laughs) he came back, he meant business. So, I mean, we knew this is how it was going to go. Some people were upset. They were like, Oh, a distraction finish. What the hell did you think we were going to get with a random match on a Wednesday night? Right. Um, You, you knew where we were headed. Like to be upset by this is ridiculous. So, Cole gets his feud with Kyle O'Reilly. That's going to be a banger of a match, and then we get to tease Balor versus Cross. Cross is coming from what Balor owes, and uh, we'll see how they build that cross of everyone involved in this situation.
3: Cross needs it the most. It's look, I, I enjoy the Balor. Uh, Adam Cole match. I like the Kylo Riley showing up. I thought all of this was really well done. I don't have a problem with any of this. This is where we needed to end up with Cole and Kyle Raleigh in a Blood for You at Takeover. I think I called this shit like last October, <laughs> like yeah. back at War Games at these two. Like it was clear that Kyle was heading towards a baby face. When they were doing the psychiatric shit with Dexter Loomis, it was clear they were moving in this direction. Well played NXT, I enjoyed it. It's not that I have a problem with Cross being in this match with Finn Balor. It's just again, it's kind of weird how we got here. He's he's beef with Santos Escobar, which makes you think he's a babyface because he's kind of playing the babyface role. And then it's just that shit ends, and he just like, all right, I'm coming back for what's mine. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's bad. I just you shouldn't never put the title on Cross in the first place. This should have been the time where Cross calls his shot yeah. instead of ha- being coming back for what's mine. No, come and get it. Balor should have been champion. Cross should have worked his way into this position. And then we have a showdown where it feels like, oh, is this crowning a new champion rather than doing it against Keith Lee? Agreed. But, I mean, can't can't foresee injuries. No, but so, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube either. So
0: yeah, it is
1: what it is. If was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. So going through this, it's like, okay, you they had to build him back up. And once you put the belt on Balor after that, you kind of got to give Balor a decent run, which they have by far best stretch of matches in Balor's career. So now if he drops the belt, okay, we feel like we've seen what we need from Balor. I like it. He doesn't need the demon. He doesn't need the face paint all the time. Cool. I enjoy it. I think it was really dope. Kudos to you, sir. Now, Now it's time for Cross to go and take it. The build has to be great. They have to get us invested. I don't even know the date. They only got like three weeks to do this
3: shit. Four weeks. Let's go ramp it up. Make me care. Well, here's my problem. There is my problem. Do I really want Cross to be the champion right now? I don't think so. Because just like the Keith Lee match, I haven't seen enough of him. Mm-hmm. To make me feel like it's earned, like it made me feel like, oh, it's time. To... Balor's done such good work as a champion. I kind of don't want them to lose this match. But I feel like they, they're going to pivot back to it. it kind of feels like what they're, what I feel like they're going to do with Lashley and McIntyre. Like now you got fans. Here's your crown of moment. Beat Lashley. And now it feels like they're going to do the same with, with Cross. All right, here's a chance. Do it, you know, do it against Balor. If yep. that's the route that they're going, I don't know, man. I like Balor as champion. I don't think I'm ready for cross to be champion yet. I don't know if he's that guy that I feel comfortable saying this is the guy that's going to carry NXT. I don't know. I don't know. He's great. Don't get me wrong. It just doesn't feel earned yet.
1: Yeah. I feel if you go for this, you go for the gusto. Like I, you haven't used the demon in two and a half years as a battler character. Um, There's always mythical shit around cross, you know, Scarlet's there. Like there's, there's always this fallen prey. Like, I, it would be a dope time to just pop everyone, surprise everyone, and have a demon entrance and cross still find a way to beat the demon. Fuck yeah. it. I don't like want Finn that. has to pull out every trick and cross still wins. You make cross seem really, really big. You make him seem that. really badass.
3: I, I, here's the, the reason just why. Face don't, don't call it the demon either. Just Finn and face paint. Uh, Come on, you're still going to call it the demon. But the reason why I don't want this is because you haven't, it doesn't feel earned. Like if- Got four weeks, four weeks to build it. That's not enough time. If Cross and Balor had been working towards this since like angling towards each other since like January or so, like kind of teasing each other to the point where, you know, injury angle or something of that nature. And then, you know, and it makes sense because this is the battle of the two epic ass entrances. Then I'd feel better about this. But in three to four weeks, I, I can't, I can't. I'm not comfortable with it. I, I just... I don't like it. I don't think you can make me feel like... Dude, Cole and, and Balor felt more like a real feud. Cross and Balor doesn't have that same feel. Maybe they could change my mind, and I hope they do, but right now, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, you can... Shit, if you want time, the only other way to get time is to
1: have Balor win and Cross go even more
3: lethal, and you stretch it. That's possible. I just... I. I don't like how the WWE feels like they're really booking things on the fly. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of long-term booking happening. It feels like they're doing things and they're going, ah, all right, yeah, we'll go back to this. But ah. you saw Cole and Kyle O'Reilly a year that, ago. But that but that was something that, that was the only thing that I felt like they truly built in. Like the women's tag team thing feels like it was done on the fly. Karrion Kross beating Keith Lee. Felt like it was it was done in direct opposition to AEW because they felt like they had a counter program.
1: Uh, I think Vince just fell in love with the shiny object, and they knew they had like two months for Keith Lee put every belt on him, and then they were like, "Fuck it, what do we do now?"
3: I'm gonna say that Vince had nothing to do with Keith Lee getting the NXT title.
1: No, just going up. He put the time limit on yo. Keith is coming up after SummerSlam. Do what you want.
3: Yeah, but I'm just saying it just felt again. It was felt like it was forced booking rather than things being planned out long term. He should have never won those titles on a regular TV show. Like he should have won those titles at a takeover when it felt like it really meant something. He should have held them for a minute instead of giving one up and then dropping one a couple weeks later. I
1: agree, but I think they already had their they had their end date.
3: And Listen, they don't they,
1: don't put the belts on them there.
3: Like I, yes, I, exactly. I, I don't
1: know, or just put one belt on them and have them. I just fuck it. Many of people
3: have not been NXT champion. Not real. Uh, but just don't do it. Just like, look what they've done with Keith Lee since he hit the main roster. Granted, he's injured now. He meets Randy Orton, and then he just kind of vanishes, and then he comes back, and then it just feels like they don't know what to do with him. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I feel
1: like he was ramping up towards Rumble season, and then that really fucked him up being injured.
3: He was going to win the World Rumble.
1: But even, the, even No, he, I don't think he was going to win. I would just say he was ramping up to have a really good
3: showing. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, ultimately, it felt like a lot of this booking has been on the fly. Yeah. Takeover doesn't miss. So they should be fine.
1: And then main roster stuff. Uh, biggest story of the past week, main roster Randall Orton for Soldier Boy. That's the biggest story. It's the biggest story right now. If you ask, if you ask the Twitter streets. Randy Orton started off by flaming Soldier Boy. He kind of took a weird turn in the past couple of days. Um, but again, Soldier Boy and Bow Wow tag team champs next year?
3: Can we move on, man? Don't do this. The entrance music is Kiss Me Through the Phone. Oh my God. Can we please move on? Can we close the show <laughs> with something else? Uh, no,
1: no, really, we can't. Uh, Randy Orton is randomly bleeding every week now. It looks like we're getting closer to The Fiend coming back, but you cannot be a hypocrite because one thing you like is injury angles. How do you injure a Fiend to carry this feud longer? He cooked the man and burnt him and they kept The Fiend completely off of television for two months and stretched his feud and Alexa Bliss has been doing the heavy lifting and it's good. The match
3: may not be good. The it's feud and the storytelling is good. No, it's not. The feud and the storytelling is not good. Cut it out. This was never good. Randy Orton The Fiend was never good. And the fact that we're stretching this all the way out to WrestleMania when we did The Fiend when we did uh Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton like what 3 years ago in a terrible house of horrors match, I don't need this. But that's the Fiend's character. He's I right don't care. All the wrongs of the past. I don't care. We had snakes in a ring. Now we got Randy drooling blo- motor oil out of his mouth each week. It's With- dark blood. It's bad. It's bad. There's there's no defending this. It's bad. And it's the not bad. Be you bad. just didn't want to like it from the jump. It's not No, bad. I did want to like it. You remember when we first saw The Fiend, we all enjoyed it. Then they burnt it out as quickly as they could. And now he's been off. to They set him on fire. He disappears for uh, two months while Alexa Bliss does the heavy lifting. And now every week. Randy Orton is coughing up Motor World. I'm not intrigued by this. This is not good. And we're going to get a cinematic match. Hopefully it's decent, but, dude, I don't care about this feud. I don't give a shit. See, I don't even need a cinematic match. You're going to get a cinematic match. You know that. Okay. I I really wanted to see the
1: entrance, but fuck it. Like, it's two nights with fans. Are you just going to play it on a big screen? Are you not going to take this as the first opportunity to have the Fiend's entrance Again, since what a year and a half ago, damn it. I mean, nobody here's some white.
3: changes. Let's move on. I hate this anyway.
1: <laughs> then we have oh, we go back a week before then. Bobby Lashley wins the WWE championship. Cool, nerfs the Miz quick, easy. There was four sure. minutes left in the program, beats the shit out of Miz, takes the title. I now the. Her Business dripped in gold. The tag team's looking strong. MVP is crushing it. I think we gotta give them credit for doing the right thing. How they got there was real shitty, weird, <laughs> weird. and a million turns. <laughs> like, it, it was really weird
3: on how they got there, but you get to the right result. Yeah, her Business looks great. Bobby Lassie should have been a champion a long time ago, so he's got it now, good. Um but the weird thing is, we're going to have fans of WrestleMania. And I think a lot of us liked Bobby Lashley nerfing The Miz. Are we going to be okay with Drew McIntyre beating Bobby Lashley? They've already done this. And it's so weird that they're going to do it again. Possibly. Are,
1: one, when you say we, are we and people that
3: look like us in our ilk going to be there? Maybe, but what I'm saying I is. I doubt it. Bobby Lashley squashing The Miz was a babyface move. For all intents and purposes, misses a few track. <laughs> yes. And Bobby Lashley beating him was like, all right, cool. And meanwhile, like Drew Mack is it's just weird. Like him in that Seamus feud, it just feels like he's losing so much momentum. And it feels like Bobby Lashley, it it doesn't feel right to take the title off of him. It doesn't. I I honestly hope Lashley wins.
1: Yeah, me too, but I don't know. I, I think Drew they- had his run, yo. Drew, and and Drew did great with his run when there was no fans, right? Like, he did the best of a shitty situation. Should have never dropped the belt for or, to Orton for, like, a month. <sighs> Drew did really well in this run. I think it's time to let Lashley go with it. And Lashley didn't get to beat Drew, so Drew is still kind of really strong. And so when they meet, Drew's like, you took the belt, but that was off some bullshit that the Miz did. You didn't beat me. I'm the real champion still. And you have Lashley, I have to go through some shit, but beat Drew
3: Mack. I mean, that's the way to go. I think, I just think they've booked the reverse engineered this booking. They booked this. It was like, who can we give to have a good match with Drew at WrestleMania so we can get the title back? And they was like, Lashley. They put the title on Lashley and they didn't think about it. And it was like, oh shit. Yeah. People actually like this. We're kind of fucked which is why you hear all these reports about WrestleMania being changed every week because they really don't know what they're doing yet. And the biggest issue is you've got a stupid pay-per-view that's coming up called Fastlane. that doesn't need to happen and it interrupts all the storytelling that they could possibly do. That's agreed, And I know you hate this intermediate pay-per-view. Everyone who listens
1: to the show knows how much you hate this pay-per-view. Hate and they'd never get rid of it. I feel like it's just a spike. Like just to be yes. like, you know what? Andreas
3: fucking hates this we're gonna keep it it's kind of like yo like you know we can close out on this because you know Roman Reigns is wrestling edge at Wrestlemania but he's got to go through Daniel Bryan for reasons that I'm like I don't know like I'm just like well you just kind of nerfed him in class champions I guess you got a good reason to do this at Fastlane but you could have done this on Smackdown and been cool with it because after this you got to build the edge Roman Reigns program yep but we got to deal with this Daniel Bryan situation and Daniel Bryan had a really bad promo last week on top of that. I just, I don't understand these, like you, there was a time where you had Royal Rumble and then WrestleMania. And then it became Royal Rumble. Then it was like no way out. And then WrestleMania. Now it's Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, Fastlane, then WrestleMania. You got to tell so many different stories to get there. Can we just stick to one?
1: Yeah. Elimination Chamber should be more than enough to get you through more than enough to tell those stories. But I hope they keep fast lane. I hope next year at this time that they're like, you know what? We need a change up to this pre-show. You know, Rosenberg was all right. Um, Fucking Sam is on everything, but we need something a little different. Get us that Andreas Hale fellow for the pre-show and I hope your first WWE pre-show on the panel is Fastlane and just hope that's how the universe works and karma comes around you know what it'll also be
3: my last (laughs) I hope you gotta talk up Fastlane and how important it is into the road of Wrestlemania come on dog. you know who I am you know what's gonna happen oh Andreas what do you think about Fastlane and i just stand and look look right into the cameras and get this shit off my screen (laughs) Vince will be right in your (laughs) ear
1: yeah. Uh, they just have our truth beat you for like the 24 7 title and then yeah they would write you off screen an injury angle that's how they write you off in an the injury angle oh man it'd be so perfect but uh now like you said that's our show for today hopefully you guys enjoyed those good wrestling conversations next week we'll be back to more shows plenty to talk about next week uh in mma and boxing. We have good fights this weekend and next weekend. And of course, in pro wrestling, gearing up for WWE Fastlane next weekend. We'll give our predictions for that. So until then, make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Me, at Kel Dansby, him, at Andres Hale on all platforms. Follow our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, at freeshows.com. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network always fun hopefully you guys are out there staying rona free staying safe as well if you're going to wrestlemania week listen i'm not judging you have fun be as safe as you can please 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 because last thing i want is this to be someone's last wrestlemania so make sure you guys stay safe out there shout out to all of Our friends in the industry are going out there for work. All of the wrestlers we know, people who have to go out there to make a paycheck. Hopefully everyone stays free and has a blast. Till next time, we're out. Peace.
2: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters.